episode 151. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, thanks for being here to visit with us on the Dharmic Evolution today. I want to continue to offer our support to all of you who have signed up on the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. Nice going. I see you stacking the cool. A lot of new artists coming on there, posting your content. That's what we created this for. So, um... If you haven't done so yet, get on there. Show us what you're doing. Are you doing a new album, new video, a new single? You got some new photos you want to show off? Um, Check it out. Put up your content on there. It's all about sharing the wealth of creativity. That's what we do. And if you have not yet heard about our Dharmic Evolution TV show, check this one out. Head over to the Joka channel on YouTube. That's the James O'Connor Agency. And if you do a podcast with me, what happens is six weeks later, the video goes up on the website or on their YouTube channel, I should say, and uh, carries it to everybody in the world in full-blown glorious video, along with wave files, high-quality digital photographs, and everything about that particular artist that we're featuring for the day. So go ahead and subscribe to that channel. Check out the great episodes that are up on there now. I think we've got about eight right now and, and growing and getting some really, really great response about the video portion of this show. So you're carried on iTunes and SoundCloud on the podcast and in 67 countries and counting and also on the YouTube channel. Hey, and if you know somebody who's a killer singer, songwriter, musical artist, let them know about this platform and our ability to broadcast either you or their global career. You can easily uh, sign up on the Dharmic Evolution website. Just go to guests, hit the tab. Everything's there for you to sign up. Well, today we're in New York City by way of London, Venezuela, and Lebanon. It's another fine Berkeley College alumni sharing her gifts and her music around the world. Give it up for London's finest, Sophia B. You better strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Are you a singer, songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career. If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world, well, look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Your artistry can be featured around the world on the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Both shows are international radio, TV shows, and podcasts. Go to the jamesoconnoragency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. Today we are in New York City by way of London and probably <laughs> other parts of the world with Sophia B. Sophia, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. 
Thanks. It's great to have you here. And I got to just say that, um, you know, when I first started this show, I didn't want it to be just in the U.S. So I kind of was really determined to um, to get around to other countries. So we're now in 67 countries. And I have to thank you, you Londoners, for that, because I started like really hitting on London, getting a lot of artists there to participate and be on the show. And uh, before you know it, just organically, it just started reaching around the world. So thank you, London, and thank you, Sophia. Oh, bless. Yeah, I mean, London is such a multicultural place as well. Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know, but for those that don't, I'm half Venezuelan, half Lebanese, but I grew up most of my life in London. And you wouldn't, like, believe how many international people they, there are specifically in the music industry and it's really cool i think that's why the music industry in london is so i don't know reputable i guess yeah yeah i kind of had that vibe you know it's like well what's the gateway to the rest of the world you know if you step out of the u.s where's the obvious place to go and london kind of has that has always had that going on for it you know so uh yeah so it's really great so tell us about you and what you're up to these days um checking out your music really really cool love what you're doing um what are you doing these days are you recording touring a little bit of both i know you're traveling yeah, I'm currently in New York for two weeks. I just arrived yesterday. Um, it's going to be kind of jam-packed, but in the best way. I'm playing, um, do you know So Far Sounds? Um, they do living room shows, basically. Uh, no, So Far, did you say? Yeah, yeah, it's one word. It was started in London, but it's quite big in New York as well. And they're in, I don't know how many countries now, probably 60. So Far um, Sounds, I'm going to check them out. Yeah, do, they're fab. Um, and uh, I'm doing a gig with them on Friday. And they sometimes they film it and, you know, the people that apply to go to the show don't find out the location until the day of. So it's really, really cool. And then I'm going on a songwriting retreat from the 21st to the 25th um, with a really awesome lady called Judy Stakey, um, who was the senior vice president for Warner Chapel for 20 years and then started her own company. Um, and I went on a retreat of hers this April in France, and it was just spectacular. And I had the most amazing time. So now I'm going to the alumni one. And then when I come back, I have a gig on the 27th at Pianos, which I'm really excited about. Wow. So when do you rest? No rest. No, no rest for the wicked, I guess. No rest for the wicked. But it's good. It's good to be to yeah. be and stuff. I think right now, like, I'm not really recording per se. I'm just writing massive amounts right um i'm just i had a bit of a writer's block last year and this year it's completely changed so i'm i'm kind of just being easy and kind to myself and allowing myself to enjoy the creative process when I'm you just, had the writer's block how did you work your, your way out of it what was the process or to just do it kind of on its own i think that the best advice i can give to anyone who has writer's block is just Sometimes it's okay to be quiet. Sometimes if there's nothing yeah. to be said, you you might just need to absorb a lot around you and be inspired and discover new music or just take some time, you know. Just because you might not be writing doesn't mean you can't work on your musicianship or discover new music and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just about being kind to yourself and not, not being like, oh, what's wrong with me and, and stuff like that. Yeah, we tend to, um, you know, especially here in the West, have this, you know, puritanical work ethic that you go into these guilt modes like, oh, my goodness, I am not allowed to sit and take a breath and just do nothing and watch the sunset. I'm supposed to be working and moving oh, and moving all the time. Yeah. Right. 
And yeah, there's something wrong with that because you're right, it doesn't allow um, self-introspection or just natural processes to go on and allow, you know, to, to get to that well of the next wave of creativity or whatever it is, you know. And writing with others is another great way, though, I think, to, to take the pressure off yourself, I say, I'd say, of like writing an entire song. If you bring someone else in or another two people in, that can be huge for you. You know, you learn how you are in, in writing with other people. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to commend you on that. Um, you know, going to the the uh, Judy Stakey thing and and yeah. co- collaborating with all these other—it's so good to be around other like-minded uh, people. And I think unless we schedule that in, we don't allow ourselves enough time to do that. And it's so necessary because we work in a vacuum too often. You know, as writers, you know, like it's like, well, I haven't talked to anybody in a week. You know, I've been, right. <laughs> had my no, head down, see. right? <laughs> yeah, no, it can get very solitary. So it's important to like connect with other people. And even if you just want to show them a song and be like, this is what I'm working on. What do you think? Like, yeah, it's just good to share. So just get I feel the mastermind like thing going, right? You know, and the special thing about the retreat thing, though, is that it's like I have a new songwriting family. Yeah. So it's it's really unique. It's I mean I went to Berkeley College of Music and obviously I've got all my friends from there but I didn't really meet that many British kids. So now I've got some like friends that are in the UK and and that's really been really great. Awesome. So, Let's give everyone yeah. a taste. What do you say, Sophia? This is yeah. Ice Cold Love. Here we go with Sophia B. bleak this year, my love We drowned in the dark of the hiding sun But glaciers break and separate the wall of the seasons Both cold as ice We broke for Cold 
Ice Cold Love. That was really good. You know, I, I thought that was Keith Richards playing guitar on that. I love the vibe of this song. Do you know who's playing? It's no. so funny. That's my dad. Is it really? Electric, that's my dad on electric guitar. No my kidding. My dad, um, he's a big inspiration for me. He He's Lebanese and he, um, he grew up playing blues and rock and just all sorts of stuff. Um, and he was in a band um, with someone called Otis Grand, who is quite well known in the UK uh, for being a blues guy. And uh, yeah, I decided to move to, not move, but I went to Lebanon for two weeks to record my album so that me and my dad could work together because I felt that was an opportunity that shouldn't be missed. That's such uh, a rush, working with your dad. It doesn't get any better, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly the case. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> it was hard. It, was, it wasn't easy, but that's what was good about it. I mean... I felt horrible for being horrible to him about his bad notes or whatnot. Right. The irony was that, you know, he doesn't really like to look at chords or read music. He's all about improvisation. Yeah. And yet all of a sudden when it came to my music, he was glued to a piece of paper and I was like, give me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> improvise. Like that's what you're best at. Don't be shy. Right. But it was, it was a really good bonding experience. Well, yeah. that's what ice cold sounded like to me. It sounded like, um, I say Keith Richards because so many of the great Stone songs or records that were made had that kind of guitar playing where it was just, I'm just, I'm not writing a part for this. I'm going to feel my way through this. And, and I kind of got that vibe on this song and it just sounded wonderful. Um, tell us about Ice Cold. What is, what is the story behind that one, Sophia? Oh, Lord. So I went through a really horrible breakup while I was living in New York about two years ago. I lived here for a year. I'm so sorry. And it was what was crazy about it was that my guitar cracked because it was so cold. And um, that was where the idea came from. I was like, because I was so heartbroken, written all these songs for her. And then my guitar breaks because it's so bloody cold. Right. And that's where I got the song title from. And it just, it was one of those songs that came out very quick. Um, and immediately I knew that I wanted my dad to, to play like an improvised line over it. It was just pretty easy chords. It was a very, I think it's quite a blues, blues sounding track. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I really love like the beat that we did and just, I don't know, it's a, it's a cool tune. I it's, really love it's it. very inviting, you know, emotionally, it's very inviting. Um, I remember that winter. Yes. The cold it winter two years ago, I was crazy. Yeah. And it your guitar bad. crack was an acoustic. Yeah. It was, it yeah. was a humidity crack. So like just the whole side just bust open and it was just mad. I mean, I, I, it's funny because you can take care of an instrument, but if, if it's too cold, you can't protect it, you know? Like, yeah. there's only so much you can do. And that was a really, like, big eye-opener. Right, right. And and I just sort of, tra like, translated that concept onto the relationship that I'd been in where I'd been dumped over Christmas. And it was just, it was a really, really horribly cold and terrifying time. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I made a cool little video out of it in London and like turned it into something, something beautiful, which is cool. Tell us about Venezuela. Tell us what it's like down there. How is, what's going on in the country? Tell us about the music vibe. What's going on with Venezuela? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, things are really, really bad right now. Yeah, uh, I've heard some we, reports. I'm sure, yeah, it's starting to come more and more into the news and the press, which I think is good. Right. Basically, 
when I was living here in New York, it, it, all the demonstrations really started kicking off because there was a lot of student killings and kidnappings and Miss Venezuela was murdered. Oh, and I didn't hear about that. Oh, my that, God. That was like right when I was living here and it was mad and, and it was just crazy. And this was when people sort of started to clock that Venezuela is really just under dictatorship. We're under a regime. It's it's oppressive. It's violent. And it's not it goes against humanitarian rights. And aside from all of that, there's the fact that, you know, massive amounts of inflation, you know, we have loads of oil, but the government has not managed money correctly and has, it's just completely corrupt. And uh, I mean, I have some people left there, not many. Uh, most people have left. Um, I wrote a song called We Are Listening Venezuela while I was listening, uh, while I was living here because I was just so upset. Um, about everything that was going on, but I never released it, right? Because I was I was too afraid. Um, I just felt like, oh, who am I to make a difference? And then um, this really incredible guy called Gustavo Dudamel. He is a Venezuelan conductor, and he became quite well known for conducting the Venezuelan Youth Orchestra. And he now conducts for the LA Philharmonic and is helping Bjork with some stuff and just incredible and he recently denounced what's going on and that was when I decided it's time to just share the song um because I don't care if it doesn't become like a super well-known song but for me it, like as an artist you know that quote by Nina Simone it's like it's an artist's job to reflect the times yeah this is my heritage I lived there until I was five years old and we left because things started to get unsafe and it was just time. It was the right time to leave. But, you know, I haven't been back in three years because I know how dangerous it is. You know, the police are um, using tear gas. Like if you just type in Venezuela on YouTube, right. you, you will see probably the most horrific police brutality that you've ever seen. Um, and there's just no need for it. There's just, there's just no need. Um, so yeah, that's well, kind well, of well. Thank you for that song for for having the bravery to do that. And and it seems <laughs> it seems to be always the way though, Sophia, isn't it? That it's always the musical people, the songwriters, the musicians, the conductors that lead us out of the darkness. You know, that to take that step to say, I got to bring awareness to this. I got to let people know what's going on. I have to shine a light on this and find out what we can do to to right this sinking ship, if you will. It seems Absolutely. like all all cultures that always happens, you know. So we're blessed to be musical people. Absolutely, it is it's a privilege to say the least to be able to know that I can listen to my own song or play my own song to help me like mourn what what's going on, you know. Right, right. And in so. every dark cloud, there's always a silver lining. So I think it's time to play silver yes. linings. Here we go. <laughs> it's a bit of old. That surrounds us All I hear Is the sound of Humanity All my heart Knows is to sing It's all I can bring In my battle to live Cold is A spring awakening While I'm cold and shaking Here in the dark I feasted on 
far too long Will I ever be strong enough To stand on my own Silver linings I'm always pining For another Yes, silver linings. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. So, so that that worked out well with our last conversation. So, we we're just talking a little bit about songwriting on the break in Nashville. So, tell me about your aspirations for Nashville. What do you think would happen if you went down there? Oh gosh, I mean, I'm sure you can agree with me that, like, when you're a musician, it's like it, you just attract other musicians. Yeah. I feel like if I went, I would probably just fall into a lot of cool situations. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, it'd obviously be cool to go to all the like notorious venues and whatnot. But I don't know. Like, I went to New Orleans, and I guess they might have kind of a similar vibe. Right. And I fell in love with New Orleans, and um, I just really love the South. And there's there's the southern charm, and I mean, regardless of what's going on with you know this horrible rhetoric in the in this like right wing stuff, there are those who aren't like that, and right. that, that is something that is very beautiful about the United States. You know, um, I mean, we were me and my friend Avery walked around New Orleans and just got to see how relaxed everything is the food is so nice the music the jazz the blues everything it's just such a beautiful way to live it's like a know? different world isn't it <laughs> absolutely i mean new york is fabulous like i love new york but it yeah. is i remember when i lived here and, and being overwhelmed and 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 feeling like i couldn't breathe and yeah. like just suffocated by just construction and busyness yeah that's the thing. I mean, I, I love the city so much and I'm very close to, I'm like f less than an hour away from it, but, um, but I can only take it in limited dose doses because, um, for me as an, as an artist, I need quiet. <laughs> I need to just like have no sound except nature, you know, like, like large doses of that. And, and the city cannot 
you know, you don't get many slices of that, unfortunately. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's inspiring. It is inspiring. She knows what the album will be called before it is even written, sometimes with even two titles. Focused, determined, talented. More Sophia right after this message. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, jameskevinoconnor.com, Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today by James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Tell me about um, like your process, uh, Sophia, when you're writing and putting together music to record. What do you do to uh, prepare for your recording sessions? Like, how, What's a typical like process for you? Do you get a whole bunch together or do you write for a specific album or how do you go about it? The first two EPs, I knew what the name of the album was going to be like before anything. Right. So I feel like you have to, for me anyway, I have to know what the project is going to be called in order to tailor the songs accordingly and for it to all fit and right. feel cohesive. And then like, for example, the next record is going to be kind of different. I think it's going to be a two-part album released as two EPs, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and um, That's a I'm really just, strategic way to do it. I mean, you're conceptualizing it the end before you even get there, which is great. I think it's really advanced thinking. And then you have to really be strict on yourself about which songs make the cut. Yeah. And, you know, there are some, for this next record, I'm going to be maybe going back to some songs that are really old that I I never released and felt weren't good enough. And now with a different perspective on life, I feel I can finally record them. Um, what's, obviously, your, like, what's your different perspective on life? I mean, you know, when you go through a breakup or when you go through health stuff, I have Crohn's disease. I don't know if you know what that oh, is. Yes, yes. So I'm it's... You, no, it's, don't be sorry. It's it's not the end of the world, but it right. is difficult. Like autoimmune diseases are very common now, and you know Crohn's disease does hold me back at times, and I have to be very honest with myself about what my limitations are. But you know, it's about learning to sort of not let it bring you down. Find inspiration from it. Work through the pain. I mean, the amount of songs I've written that Crohn's comes into it is unreal, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, even if I'm writing a love song, sometimes, like, 
when I think about any other pain that I may bring up, it's usually that. And so, yeah, I've learned sort of how to channel that. I mean, as far as writing goes, though, I always start with a title. Like, it's very rare that I don't. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> it's usually something I need to address and I know that I need to discuss. I yeah. can't just start writing freely usually. Titles are great, aren't they? I mean, I'm, I do a lot of that myself. I get the title first, then I go, oh, well, look at the imagination that, that can what what can happen from this title a lot. And then sometimes I work with two titles until I settle in, you know, on the that, same one. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll write a song and I'll have the title and then I'll go, oh, wait, that's not the title. Right. And you this don't is- have to decide, though, right away. No, that's you know? the that's the great the great fun thing about about songwriting is you can be flexible. Like you can change your songs. Like there's a song I wrote called Sleeping Beauty, and I have changed the lyrics like sixty times. I've come up with millions of different ways to produce it. I had a, a friend of mine sing it because he I wanted to hear what it would like when a man sings it, and it's amazing. Like yeah. it's fun to mess around like that, you know. Yeah, isn't it? Like um, I haven't done this in a long time, but when I first started going to Nashville, we would we would cut the tracks and I'd do the the rough vocal, and then we'd bring in a um, a demo singer, and it's so yeah. funny because. Um, and that was, you know, in the beginning I was going to go for publishing and then I kind of deep six that idea and just said, it's not for me. Um, but I would learn so much about somebody else grabbing the song and saying, wow, I would have never sung it like that. But I, I like this little piece that this person did on that, you know? So you always come away with some value from, from somebody who comes in to help you with something, you know? It's always cool when a friend of yours says, Oh, I really love your song. Do you mind if I cover it? Like that for me, when that whenever that's happened, it's mad. It yeah. makes me so it makes me so happy because the ultimate compliment. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's right. cool. Yeah. Hey, yeah. um, tell me about uh producing. Like, do you self-produce? Do you have people come in? Who helps you with your production or um how does that process work? So the first record was recorded with Daniel Cantor at Notable Productions. He's recorded Alison Krauss, Wyclef, um, and he has a studio in his house, and it's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and his kids play in the middle of the house, but the control room is in the attic, and the sort of live rhythm section is down in the basement. Oh, it's cool. Just, I love so that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and we kind of did it over a year and he was also my professor at Berkeley and we have a very special, um, relationship. And I think the record came out really beautiful because of it. Um, and I had all of my Berkeley friends play. And then the second one was, like I said, recorded in Beirut with Ryde Alcazan, who's a Berkeley alum. And he had, he has his own studio and we, there's this Syrian band that's up and coming in Beirut called Tundrat Duggett. And the drummer of that band played on my record, and then my dad played electric. Um, usually when I come to a producer, I have a demo with background vocals. For me, background vocals are essential and key for my songs. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know, I, love, I, I sang in choirs growing up, so that will be a big reason why. Um, and then I'll say, this is what I want, and then we'll talk about the beat and the groove or this or that. Now, as I've gotten more and more into producing, I do like to work with a groove sometimes. So I'll just pull in a loop or make a little beat here or there. I've also been recording more like hip hop R&B stuff as well, just for fun. Right. Just to like get better and stuff. 
Um, I'm thinking of giving up on Logic, though, and, and moving over to Studio One. I've heard great things about it. Oh, uh, I, I wasn't aware of Studio One. Is that is that relatively new? Has that been out for a while? Apparently, it's like three or five years. Oh, okay. And I've heard from two producers that it's the way forward because you can do like note repeats. Um, you can move around sections of a song and copy and paste the entire thing. It's right. like very, very right. simple. Um, yeah, from what I'm understanding, it's it's a great little uh, tool now. So I might try and invest in that soon. Um, but I, I use Pro Tools sometimes. I use GarageBand. It really just depends on on what I feel like doing. You use it all, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why I, not? I went, to, I went to Berkeley. Like, I learned how to use them basic enough, you know. And I think that, for example, like, I could never record, um, like, a singer-songwriter track on Logic. It will always have to be on GarageBand or Pro Tools. And if I want to do something else, like, that's more, like, electronic-inspired, I'll use Logic. Right. Sometimes I will steal a loop for a more singer-songwriter song from Logic and pull it into Pro Tools because I just can't. I just don't like recording vocals on Logic. Yeah. I don't know you you mentioned about the background vocals and um, I so agree with you. That's like the most polished thing you can do for a for a song is, you know, have really really good background vocals in there. It just it just so shines it up. You know, <laughs> tell me about Berkeley. Tell me how was oh. that experience? I mean, <laughs> that must have been like so awesome. It was. The craziest time of my life. I mean, I miss it every day, but I know how much anxiety I had while I was there. I mean, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease halfway through. So that oh. was really, really hard. Like I had to pull out for a semester. I had seven hospitalizations in about six months, lost massive amounts of weight and somehow still managed to graduate on time, took summer semesters while, you know, some of my classmates might have been doing heroin I was injecting myself with blood thinners on the bathroom floor because I managed to get three blood clots in my spleen so it was a very weird real time for me because I dealt with writer's block kind of in the first two years because I was just so overwhelmed yeah by like just the massive amount of talent and inspiration and I really love school so I I love to get good grades so I was on the dean's list almost every semester um, and Congratulations. I graduated. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I graduated um, with honors and I, it, it meant a lot to me because 40% drop out within their first year. Yeah. Um, so once I got sick and started getting better, that's when I wrote Mama Like a Girl. And that came second for the Songs for Social Change competition. And that was when I really realized, like, I have a shot at this. Yeah. Like, I need to stop believing my, in myself more and stop, like, doubting that I could make a name for myself in the music industry and like, you know, my songs, I got a scholarship for a reason. Like I found it really hard to, to admit to myself that I deserved the scholarship because there was a lot of jealousy. Like if anyone ever found out at Berkeley um, that I had a scholarship, they would question it and ask me why. Right. The cream that- always rises to the top. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was a, it was a real privilege, and that's why it meant a lot to me to graduate with honors. I felt very fortunate to to be able to attend Berklee College of Music. You know. Yeah. God bless. I think it's time to play soldiers. Here we go.
the small you carry everywhere you go Playing the chat that nobody knows My friend, I feel it all with you There was a time thought I'd be caught loose Oh, we got battles along the way Never ask them to change Broken sparrows, we are brothers till the end May this song let the light creep in What a great song. Why did you write that one, Sophia? So when I was living in New York, I was so depressed, as I mentioned before. Right. And my best friend, Avery, who I met in Boston, she's an artist. We are both half Lebanese, and she was also diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and she had it really, really tough. So when I decided to move to New York and she was living in Jackson, we decided to take a mental health trip to New Orleans. Okay. And it was phenomenal. I mean, we had so much fun. We ate such lovely food. We listened to jazz. You know, we got a psychic reading. We went and got beignets. Um, we got those like um, snow cones. I don't know what they call them there. Um, and yeah, it was just such a beautiful time. And there's something really magical about that place. And it was very interesting also to see like how Hurricane Katrina had affected. Um, but yeah, the, the song kind of just came from the idea of being like, you know that phrase, like soldiering on? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's kind of where I got that that phrase. And we're also both tomboys, so we both have short hair and, and stuff like that. So I wanted to play upon that dynamic. Right. Um, and we, I basically decided to make a music video uh, with a friend, 
of a friend who is in Sweden and it's a beautiful, beautiful video of a little boy and a little girl playing around in Sweden and, and just having a really sort of innocent, cute time. Right, right. Yeah. So it captures kind of like the the essence of like just a really pure and good friendship. Right. You know? Yeah. Very, very good. Hey, let me ask you about social media. What do you like to do on social media? What's your favorite jam? My favorite jam? I'm, I'm a bit of an Instagram addict. Okay. <laughs> I do love me some Instagram. I think it's been quite a powerful tool for me. Um, if you hashtag correctly and really think about it, you can really connect with some interesting people. Yeah. Um, I... I struggle with Facebook uh, more and more. I don't know why. I just do. I, I'm finding it hard to keep up, but I do know that it's a it's a powerful tool as well. Um, Twitter is something that I, for some reason, I'm verified, and I have no idea how that happened because I don't tweet. Right. Um, but I know that I need to start getting a bit more into tweeting because I know that that's also an effective one. But especially with everything that Trump does with tweeting, it kind of makes me want to stay away from it even more. Yeah. I always find it fascinating about how everyone's brain is wired to learn platforms in a different way. It's like one person just grabs onto one particular platform and says, I get this. I just understand it. And another person says, you know, just equally intelligent is just for some reason, the mapping just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. Like, I don't so, get that. I don't get Twitter. I don't, you know, like everybody has their own jam. That's why I that's, find- That's such a good way to put it because I have a record label as well. And one of my boy bands, the well, they're not a boy band. They're a rock band. They're called The Relevant Elephants. And the founder, Zach, he is awesome at Twitter. Yeah. He is just brilliant at Twitter. Right. And just like writing funny things and- current affairs and stuff like that. He got them a, like a brand sponsorship or something like this with a, with a like hot sauce company Uh huh. because they're just so funny and they right. play them in the office. They put them on the website and I'm like, that's brilliant. You know yeah, what I mean? And right. that I think was through Twitter. Yeah. So, and they also posted something on Reddit, which I thought was phenomenal. And they made like a thousand dollars in sales just from this interesting Reddit thing that they posted. Wow. So, you know, they're kind of a big inspiration to me because they, they know what they're doing as far as social media goes. Yeah, I find that um, it seems to be for this show and for musicians in general, Instagram wins by a landslide. Everybody, like the musicians and the creatives and the songwriters and people like that, all seem to be um, on Instagram, which which I kind of like because it, it seems to favor that platform or we favor the platform. I'm not sure which. It's a combination, but it just seems to work. I think, yeah, it's definitely the most successful. And I'm pretty sure Facebook now owns Instagram as well. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, an interesting partnership. I mean, I'm curious to see how Facebook is going to pan out in the next 20 years and stuff. Cause they will it, own the world. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> do worry. <laughs> they're, they're larger than, than many countries as far as their, their GDP. It's just so scary. How, like when you compare Facebook and Apple, um, how, how they compare now. Yeah, I don't um, know, but they're, it's just they're two monster companies. It just seems there's no stopping them, you know? It's just crazy. It is. It's a bit terrifying. It's a bit like, um, have you seen uh, Black Mirror? 
No, no, I haven't. It's a really interesting show, kind of like t- touching on like the future and what could happen. And there was this one episode where you like like have to rate people every time you interact with them. And if someone doesn't like you, you lose points and you can go to jail if you don't have a high enough rating. It's like, whoa. Wow. Wow. I hope I'm long gone before that comes to fruition. <laughs> I, I like just, hey, how you doing? You want to have a beer? I mean, that's that's more my speed, you know? <laughs> right. Too much exactly. electronic inter- interface is a little, little scary. Hey, let's play the video now. This one is called Let It Go. Love is a word I can't forget Until I find it I'm in debt Baby can't you see There's nothing left Nothing left for me Tom is a thing Okay, so that was a very cool video. How did you actually get all those people to walk backwards in that video? (laughs) (laughs) So I had to walk backwards and look like the right fool in London. Um, But it was good fun. It It was interesting to be walking around in this traditional Middle Eastern attire and have people look at me like I was basically a terrorist and be like, this is actually musical and a music video right and i don't care if i'm making you uncomfortable because by the end of this video 
you're going to be the weirdo walking backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, you know, it's so funny because when I first looked at it, I said, how did you get all those people to walk backwards? And, you know, it's a green screen, but it never occurred to me that you were walking backwards because it looked very natural. It looked like you were just walking. So great job. No, it was it was good fun. I mean, I had moments where I couldn't walk in a straight line, so we'd have to like start again because yeah. it did get kind of hard. Yeah, but yeah, it was cool. It was so really cool. You're another David Blaine. Very good. Very- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, um, tell me, we were talking a little bit about London and the and the gig scene there. So, um, you were saying that that the Londoners really, really love to get out and support live music, right? I would say so, and I would say more so in like the notorious bigger venues. You know, there are a lot of music venues in yeah, London, right? Um, and yeah, live music is kind of ingrained in in our society. I'd say. I mean, for example, like um, you know, when one plays on the street, like busking or whatever, yeah. you have to have a license in London. It's not like oh. you can just go and play in the tube or the subway, like you call it here. Like you yeah. have to, you know, right? Um, do it right. Yeah, so yeah. the music industry in the UK, like, it is quite prestigious. And we were talking a little bit about Brexit and how that's going to affect, it's going to affect hugely, specifically the classical music industry. Um, the Euro- European Baroque Orchestra was founded in the UK and now has to move. Oh, and the founder really? was British. Yeah. It, it, I saw this on the news and he just looked absolutely terrible, like, just heartbroken. So that's what I'm really afraid of, like how, you know, British people are going to be able to tour and, and stuff like that's going to be harder and harder and harder. But, you know, that's, that's the battle that we're all going to have to face and, right. and fight for our rights and, and whatnot. I think it's such a shame. Yeah. It actually pans out, but. Really? Well, once again, the music will have to solve all things. All the musicians will we'll solve this. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely, because that's the only thing that, that people can listen to, I think, and go, oh, God, what have we done? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's so healing, too. People, no matter what their frustrations and their, and their challenges in life, um, they all always go to music for solace you know, and comfort, and that's, yeah. the, that's why we're here. You know the Ariana Grande concert um, in Manchester that yeah. she put on? That was absolutely phenomenal. And that really just made me believe in the world a little bit, just that little bit more when she got so many amazing people to come together and, and, and make a good time, you know? Yeah. Hey, um, we're, we're coming to the end here, Sophia. Um, before we go though, I want you to please give us your website so we can send people to help, uh, Sophia B on her journey, where we can we support you, purchase your music, find out where you're playing. We gotta know what's going on with Sophia. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's literally www.sophiabmusic.com. Sophia's with an F. Um, I am gonna be doing like a revamp of the website, hopefully in like September or October, because I need to refresh. But right. um, yeah, follow me there or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter whatever. <laughs> awesome. Listen, it was really, really awesome for you to stop by and say hello to us today at the Dharmic Evolution. I want to wish you all the success and all the blessings that the world can possibly heap upon you in your career and uh, good fortune to you, Sophia. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure, honestly. Thank you. There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. 
It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed with scripture delivered by Chaplain Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins. Behold, it's the brand new album from Mercy titled, I Am Victorious. I'm going home, back to the throne, victorious. It's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us. It's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. Just recorded in the Music City on the world-famous Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the album or pick up the actual CD copy of I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes and ears open for the live performance tour of Mercy coming soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Ice Cold Love. Silver Linings, Soldiers, and the video, Let It Go. Playing violin from the age of five, graduating from Logic to Studio One, making the Dean's List at Berkeley, earned and deserved the scholarship, and we know the cream always rises to the top. Snow cones in New Orleans, the tomboys rule. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed our chat with Sophia today as much as I did. Really a great time being in New York with her. And uh, she is a, a world globetrotter on to do really great things. I know you know it just like I do. Hey, if you have not yet had a chance, you should head over to the James O'Connor Agency. You've got to check it out. Lots of artists around the world checking in, taking advantage of all the things this agency is offering them. And you may have also heard that we write songs for authors. That's very true. We just wrote and produced a song for alumni, distinguished professor Scott Geller. We were in Nashville, and this, this song was, uh, you know, a great uh, love of passion. And Scott not only has a flagship song now that supports his brand, actively caring for people, but he is also an equity partner in the publishing rights for this great song. It's being released next week, and it's called Here to Share and Care. I will feature this uh, in a coming episode so you can see the kind of work that you can expect from the James O'Connor Agency. Nobody writes songs for authors that I know of on this planet but us. Hey, do you need funding for your next album project? Well, go over to the jamesoconnoragency.com. Let us connect you with the how to get funded. It's so easy, much easier than you think. Also, find out what we do for singer-songwriters, musical artists, as well as authors, speakers, and thought leaders. We also want to encourage you to visit dharmicevolution.com. Check out your show and your blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you're now on the site. Sophie is now on the site, and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about Sophia B. and her music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time, when we meet again... I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you on TV. I remember where I was the first time that I heard your voice. Do you remember where you were the first time that you made that choice? You're my favorite song. You've been stuck in my heart for such a long, long
Yellow stilettos You always knew how to admire 